One of the best weekends of the year is all set. Eight teams left standing with four games in front of us. CJ, a little drop back. Rock and roll. Touchdown, Houston. Love bootlegs right. A sidearm throw into the end zone. The Packers are piling it on. Mayfield wide open. Touchdown. Mahomes throws right side. Caught. Touchdown. A 29-yard laser from Allen to Kincaid. Goff pumps now, throws, end zone. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Debo's waving bye-bye. Just third touchdown in the game. Oh, Jackson, end zone for the touchdown. The sky's the limit. Eight teams left vying for a chance to play for the Lombardi Trophy. We'll get into all four divisional round playoff games this hour. You don't want to miss what these guys have to say. Welcome to NFL Live. We're so glad you're with us today. Dan Orlovsky is here. Ryan Glad, get it. Hey. Okay. Marcus hey, Spears see you, as well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just let you do that for a minute. There, I asked him earlier if he was in the bed, but he said he's in a sitting area. All right. Adam Schefter is joining us with news throughout. There's plenty swirling around the coaching world in the NFL including a potential clue about where the Bears could be headed with the number one overall pick. Dan, stop your incredulous face. We're going to start in Dallas, okay? With Mike McCarthy being tagged as safe. The Cowboys in a move surprising to some after another failed trip to the playoffs. Here's the latest from the Cowboys today after this news was revealed that McCarthy will be sticking around there. We have a, an unbelievable fan base, uh, and they have, and they should be frustrated. Um, uh, we're extremely disappointed, uh, disappointed for them, uh, disappointed in our performance. Uh, but my, my message would be this: uh, we, we we have established a, a you know a championship program. It's just not the world championship yet. Uh, we know how to win. Uh, we know how to train to win. We have the we have the right people, um, but we have not crossed the threshold winning playoff games. And. Um, and it's extremely disappointing to be sitting here talking about it. Um, but, you know, I, I know how to win. And, and uh, we will get over that threshold. Uh, I have total confidence in it. And, and that's why I'm standing here today. All right. I guess that makes sense. Adam Schefter joining us now. So the Cowboys made a decision at head coach. But what's next for Dallas, Adam? Fuller, they're going to have a whole host of questions and issues to face this offseason that's going to complicate their entire offseason. And we start with the fact that their defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, is interviewing today for the head coaching jobs with the Washington Commanders and the Seattle Seahawks before talking Friday with the Los Angeles Chargers. He's already interviewed with the Titans and Panthers, so there are five teams that are interested in somebody who's played an integral role in Dallas in recent years. One of the key reasons for the success of that defense, even though that defense did struggle and underperform on Sunday in the playoff game. So they could be losing Dan Quinn. There are the contractual questions they'll face with their quarterback, Dak Prescott. There are new deals to give out to C.D. Lamb and Micah Parsons, two of the best players at their positions in the respective sport. There are a whole host of things that this team is going to have to get through in addition to all the free agents that they have, including their running back, Tony Pollard. So the team that we saw lose on Sunday to the Green Bay Packers will look decidedly different next year, despite the fact that its head coach, Mike McCarthy, will be back and on the sideline. Yeah, and considering the way the results went, maybe that's a good thing. Adam's with us all show long, a lot more news, so don't miss any of that with him. Marcus, we know as a former Cowboy, this wasn't what you wanted to happen, right? But now we know that either way, the decision has been made to keep McCarthy. What needs to happen next in Dallas in your mind? 
Yeah, to me, it was a lot of empty calories on this roster. And we talked mm -hmm. about it all season long. And when you start talking about championship caliber or Super Bowl, you look for substance. We had discussions all season long about Dallas' inability to stop the run. We focused on the linebacker position, which we knew could be a cause for disaster. And now you start talking about how many guys you have to either re-sign or make decisions on up front. This was a defense that lived in the vein of getting turnovers and big plays, and we saw special teams plays being made. Now, I don't want anyone to focus like that's a bad thing, but there needs to be some substance added to this team. And when I talk about substance, the ability to run the football, a physicality that you bring out of the backfield to help Dak Prescott in that situation in the playoff game maybe get going. And then defensively, we know up the center, defensive tackle, linebacker, other things to address, especially with Stephon Gilmore potentially departing and Trayvon Diggs coming back. We'll see how they how they fix it and not a lot of empty calories. Types of championships <laughs> in the NFL. Uh, I don't see but one, y'all. Super Bowl. <laughs> so you are not playing championship caliber ball if you ain't winning the Ooh. world championship. I have never heard something so ludicrous in my life. The reason that you are standing at the podium and we have now acknowledged to the world that you weren't going anywhere is because your team isn't going anywhere. They aren't playing for a world championship. And so when you make this decision to keep Mike McCarthy, other things have to change. The roster have to, has to change. The way that you approach adding and acquiring new talent has to change. There needs to be some sort of young, creative, innovative coach that becomes a part of this offensive staff that says, you know what? When you motion, people get confused and somehow end up wide open. When you go to condensed splits, get under center and use the play action pass, it works. Or maybe if we're going to decide we're going to run the football a lot, Get somebody who's better when they runs the football a lot. So I think it's a good decision if you don't want change or if you don't like change to keep Mike McCarthy. But he better understand change is needed for this to be a better team. You know, speaking of change, it's one thing when Swagoo brings uh, paperwork, but how about when RC brings a little note card paperwork? It's a big deal. So, Dan, today McCarthy said, quote, I believe in Dak Prescott, and I think he's clearly the answer. He's part of the solution moving forward. Is that the right way to go? If you got Dak in the regular season, oh. sure. Dak was an MVP type of talent and or performer this year in the regular season. It just hasn't happened in the playoffs. And, and that's what they have to figure out is, can they get Dak Prescott to be the guy when the lights are the absolute brightest in January as the same person they are in, you know, September, October, November, December? I would say this, though. This offense was built for utopia. And what they need to realize is the offense needs to be built for the storm. And, it's, and that will help Dak Prescott kind of weather some of that stuff. They go down 14 nothing, and all of a sudden they're dead because they don't get to play to the style offensively that they necessarily want to. So, uh, again, How I think How do you build for a storm? You, you have to be way more balanced. You have to be able to beat teams get in multiple ways. You can't live in a, hey, if, if everything's perfect for us, we're going to be really good. It's, it's almost like the inverse. You, you have to 
kind of plan for when things are really bad. What are we and who are we and what can we rely on? They don't have any of that can right we put now the, on offense. Can we put the graph? Do we have time to put the graphic of the playoff teams that's left up again? We, we don't if right now. we don't now, have time, we need to get to that point. But we will get to We need to, to, to show that point. again. We will. We'll get back yeah. to it. That's a good call by you, producer Swagoo. And I think RC said an umbrella <laughs> would help you to weather the storm, which is very uh, clever. Need, I don't want that to go unnoticed. All right. I need a pole in the a ground. Poncho. Uh, let's go to a huge matchup coming your way 415 Saturday, right here on ESPN and ABC. Texans versus Ravens. CJ Stroud will face a tough test on Saturday against a Ravens defense that allowed only 16 and a half points per game this season, the best in the NFL. Stroud will be the fourth rookie quarterback to face that number one scoring defense in the playoffs. In each of the previous three instances, the rookie QB lost the game. However, Stroud is red hot entering this game. Dan, what stood out to you about Stroud's performance in last week's dominant win over the Browns? Yeah, it's almost like when CJ is forced to play faster than maybe on paper it's dictated or he wants to, he's at his absolute best. And I think there's one play that's the perfect example of a downfield shot to Nico Collins. So this is what it looks like to process information and play fast. CJ's going to catch that snap, and he's going to be peeking to the right, and he's going to do a great job of understanding, okay, as I peek to the right, he's got his vision there. This receiver is running what we call like an in-and-out whip route, okay? So the corner is playing man coverage right there, but then that safety also drops down. So you're sitting there going, okay, I'm staring that way, and that's not a good option. So my eyes are going to come to that number two spot. Now that number two spot is going to be this deep cross. Now when he brings his eyes that way, he's going to realize, okay, that safety is going to play over the top. So number one, not good. Number two, not good. Process quickly to get to what could be that third option downfield and Nico Collins on the go route. Now, this is what's great about CG. As he snaps his head, see his head snap right there? He's ready to pull the trigger. But what happens is when he pulls his snap and looks at that number two and he's going to get double teamed essentially, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, that off-the-ball linebacker, is going to do something what we call trigger pressure. He's got that back in man-to-man coverage. If that back blocks, he becomes an extra blitzer. So not only does CJ have to get from one to two to three quickly, this is one of my favorite plays of his all season. When he gets to number three, he's going to have to make that decision to take that shot downfield while Jock is basically splitting him in half. And the ability to process that information faster than you want to and then get that ball downfield to Nico Collins, that's a rare combination of the mental talent to be able to get through number three in the progression because the defense told you to, but then also make that big-time throw while getting hit, I think that's going to bode well. We've talked about Baltimore, their simulated pressures, the sacks that they get, the coverage combinations. He's going to have to do that play like yeah. a bunch this weekend for them to win. Interesting. And Nico Collins told me yesterday, C.J. Stroud really is the total package. That's just the no only doubt. way you can look at it, the ability of the talent plus the mental side, and then everything else that comes with it. RC, give us the one thing that could determine how effective Stroud is on Saturday. Dan just showed you. It's going to be about pressure. C.J. Stroud faced this defense week one, and we didn't know what C.J. Stroud would be at that point. And he was 13 for 16 on third down. And this was a guy that was sacked five times that game. 
And so even in watching Dan do, do that tape, it says this to me. It's not enough to just pressure C.J. Stroud. You have to put hands on him, whether it's Matt Abike, Jadavian Clowney, or you're bringing Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith from the second level. You have to touch C.J. Stroud. You have to not only move him off the spot, but not allow him to get the football out of his hands because we've seen that throughout this season, if he has a clear path or an opportunity to release the football, he can do everything he needs to do to complete those passes under pressure. There's going to be a great chess match between Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens, and Bobby Slowick, the OC in Houston, to make sure that CJ Stroud isn't playing on time. Because if he is, I don't care who the team is, he can be successful. Yeah, I like that, RC. And, and, and D.O., I'm going to go back to uh, formation and or personnel we talked about. It's technically 13, but, you know, you get here and you got 22 because Beck is considered a fullback. But when you look at C.J. Stroud and the protection that's needed, you look at his ability to process and push the ball down the field. And Brevin Jordan has become a godsend for these guys. But the ability to run the football and have this type of option off of the play-action pass is a huge thing, especially against Baltimore, who likes to bring linebackers and obviously Kyle Hamilton coming down out of the backfield. This is one of those formations where I think you can even out and even settle your quarterback. Look, for all we've talked about with C.J. Stroud and how phenomenal he is, this is going to be MNT and Bank Stadium, and you got Lamar Jackson on the other side. There will be a different type of pressure on a rookie quarterback. Now, we've seen him handle everything that you could throw at him in the NFL. But I think the more you can get him in favorable situations and settle him, he can have a tremendous amount of success as well. And I think that's one of the personnel. Yeah, we just spoke to Lamar a little while ago in preparation for this game, and he was very adamant that he wanted to give C.J. Stroud a ton of credit. He said he's been amazed watching his rookie season. We do have some news from the Ravens side of things. New on NFL Live, something to do with the Ravens defense. Here's Adam Schefter tweeting, they ruled out Marlon Humphrey for Saturday's divisional playoff game against the Texans due to a calf injury. Harbaugh was hopeful he could maybe play, but Adam added a little bit more here. Yeah, this is not a surprise to the Ravens. I think that they were concerned that they would be without Marlon Humphrey, and now the news is official. He is officially ruled out for this game. Mark Andrews, tight end, listed as questionable for this game. Real mm. question about whether he can go, despite the fact that he was a full participant in practice this weekend for the Houston Texans. Their defensive end, Jerry Hughes, ruled out due to an ankle injury. So some injury news for you there regarding Saturday's game, Laura. Yeah, again, this game Saturday at 4.30 Eastern on ESPN and ABC. We're just getting started on NFL Live. Baker Mayfield coming off an impressive performance after knocking off the defending NFC champs. But how do they pull off the upset against this tough Lions defense? We'll tell you next. Plus, Patrick Mahomes will travel on the road in the playoffs for the first time in his career. Dan tells us what the Chiefs offense needs to do if they want to leave Buffalo, a very cold Buffalo, by the way, with a win. It's all next on ESPN. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We're back on NFL Live. Glad to have you today. Bucks and Lions starting to send some verbal shots at each other before this game even starts. We love it. Why not? Okay, so earlier this week, Lions defensive back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson had this to say about the Buccaneers wide receivers. Quote, if you give that Tampa group a good quarterback, that's a great group. Evans, Godwin, Gage, that's a great group. I played against them for real. All right, so Baker Mayfield heard that. Here's what he had to say in response. Um, I don't think he's really watched film because uh, he mentioned Russell Gage. You know, we love Russell, but Russell hasn't played a snap all year for us. Um, he must be going off the preseason stuff that the media was talking about. He, he's, uh, he's a good player, but, yeah, he's got to do a little bit more film study. <laughs> okay, all right. So um, then we got this uh, tweet from Gardner Johnson. He said, the fact bro mentioned me. I gave dude his props. On somewhere else with that, 100. I don't know what all that was. Anyway, um, all right. So, <laughs> okay, RC. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and Aaron Glenn better have a game plan for this Bucks passing game, but how do you think he goes about slowing it down? I mean, you've seen what the Detroit Lions have gone to late in the season, and it's about bringing pressure from second-level defenders. Only Aiden Hutchinson has been able to create rush and winning one-on-ones in four-man rushes. So Aaron Glenn has sort of gone away from who he is, and he now brings pressure, especially when you have a slot corner like a guy... like like Brian Branch. So on the back end, it's all about man-to-man, being able to match coverages, cover bunches. The good thing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you're the Detroit Lions, is you don't get a ton of bunch. You don't get a ton of motion. And so if you can cover some of the crossers, be able to tackle in open space, I believe the Detroit Lions can be fine and also play extremely well in this game, especially looking at what they're coming off of, facing a very multiple Los Angeles Rams offense under Sean McVay. Yeah, R.C., I know when they do pressure, they better leave a R.C. or a Troy Palomalu back there. Because hey. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin are <laughs> has absolutely been murdering man-to-man coverage with pressure as to why Baker is playing so well. And Aaron Glenn has done it. He's, he's left a guy back there to kind of roam the center field to make sure that you can get some of this help that's needed in order to cover when, when Aaron Glenn does bring pressure. I think Detroit has found something, obviously. And Dan talked about it last week, and you as well, RC. But putting these guys in man-to-man situations, I saw time and time again. This is the one that that's paramount for me. This is the one that was kind of relative to what we saw Baker Mayfield have an opportunity to do against the Philadelphia Eagles when they brought pressure. So, listen, I'm with it. AG has found success. But leave RC or Troy Palomalu back there and send somebody <laughs> else because Mike Evans over the top. He dropped the 60-yard pass on the pressure. 
And we saw the mm, end of yeah. the game where mm. Chris Godwin ended up one-on-one in the pressure for a touchdown. Just leave them, leave somebody back there, RC. Somebody help. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think one of the things that stands out when you watch Tampa's pass game is they really do have precise spacing and displacement. I think that will challenge Detroit's secondary. The Baker Mayfield connection with Mike Evans and others matters. Mike's in the slot here, and they're going to motion the tight end out. So they want to start with Mike Evans. They're going to give him the choice right. He can go out, he can go in, he can sit versus leverage. That has to happen by itself timing-wise. So Mike is going to be bracketed by those two underneath defenders as Baker's looking there. So now he's got to get to number two. But number two can't happen right now. It has to happen just a fraction of a moment later. It's the seam of the numbers. But you want number two to happen before number three happens because of the spacing of the play, the timing of the play. That allows that to happen. Marcus, there's that situation where you want somebody back in the middle of the field. That matters. The motion down the bunch, playing man-to-man coverage. This is what Detroit's going to do. Now they want to chip the backside tight end. He's going to run a shallow cross, but you can't get out right now because you actually want that defender to be late when it comes to covering you. And that drop-down safety has to handle that two-level shallow and deep cross. Now you want the shallow to trail the deep cross's steps and allow that backside safety to collide off of that frontside nickel defender because of the spacing and displacement of that passing and then Baker Mayfield on time. I think now one of the things that I really thought stood out for me, RC, against the, the Rams was when Detroit played man, they did this great job of playing on different levels. I think mm. that's going to be really important when they are playing man coverage because of how good they are with their displacement on Tampa's offense. The, the other piece is actually having C.J. Gardner-Johnson back. If you remember his time in New Orleans, he was a slot corner, and they played a ton of men yeah. with A.G. there and Dennis Allen. And so I think it'll be smart to watch the way they adjust to these motions because there are multiple ways that you can play it. It's not always about layers. Sometimes it's about switching those things up yeah. and giving a quarterback like Baker Mayfield a different look. Yeah, one thing on the Bucks side of things, uh, Todd Bowles was so frustrated with the drops at halftime even in that game. He said, we're getting the separation. We're open. We're just not catching the ball. I wouldn't be surprised if they did a lot to work on that this week and something that may end up affecting the Lions. All right, up next, Jordan Love looked unstoppable in his playoff debut. Stay tuned as Dan and RC hit the touchscreen. Talk about how a young quarterback can keep this 49ers defense on their heels this weekend. Don't miss it. It's all next on NFL Live. We'll be right back. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Tucker with us on NFL Live. Dan and RC back at the touchscreen, ready to teach us something about the Green Bay Packers. Dan, what do we need to know? Yes, one of the things that we talk about this Green Bay Packer offense so much is their play-action pass from underneath center. Now, one of the things that we rave about San Francisco's defense is the way that they play their zone coverage. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Packers are able to attack this zone coverage with San Francisco with some of their play-action concepts. So they're going to get into this motion, and that receiver is going to go from a two-by-two, meaning tight end wide receiver that side, to then that stack to essentially a three-man side. Now there's that under center play-action pass, and they're going to essentially run what we call a dagger concept on the front side, which is huge for who Green Bay wants to be. They're trying to hit that big inbreaker to Jaden Reed. They did it against Dallas last week, and they're absolutely going to try to do it on the front side versus Chicago, who's playing his own defense. And Dan, what happens here, too, I want you to look at the trips formation. Once you motion to trips, that's going to pull the backside safety, who is brisker, number nine in this instance. He's going to have a push call. So he's now pushing to number three. Look at the way the third wide receiver bends over to Brisker to allow the dig to clear underneath. That is precision route running because if he doesn't do that, he has an opportunity to drive the dig. Man, that's such a big hole. And that backside receiver clears even more of a void on Brisker. Now, the backside yep. angle of this is huge because when we talk about play action, we're always trying to put defenders in that second and third level in the conflict. And it always starts with our play fake. I want everyone to pay attention to really these two inside linebackers. Quarterback is under center, right? RC, we're going to go ball fake right at them. Mm -hmm. yep. All we're trying to do, you see where their feet start? Their feet both start around the 15-yard line. I'm trying to get your feet essentially to stay there. Think of the accordion. I'm trying to expand yep. the window that we can throw that ball into. So as that play fake happens, neither then, of those guys here's the moved. other thing. the other thing that happens. The other thing that happens there, Dan, is when you get their feet to stop, it also directs their eyes straight ahead, and now they don't bail because you sort of panic and think you got to play the underneath route. I love that. And then what happens is, remember, that big in is coming from this side. Now, what the Packers do great is they kind of flood some of that stuff. They'll take that backside tight end. Yeah. He's running a shallow cross. All we're trying to do is put some type of receiver in front of those linebackers so their vision, again, is paying attention mm -hmm. to it, as well as that back's going to leak out into the flat, trying to constantly yeah. put confidence in. And, and then, and that's the other thing. When you look at those, when you look at these routes that continue to the flat, you now pull Tremaine Edmonds out of his hook responsibility, which allows the dig to clear. You almost create a high-low sort of mesh just deeper down the field. Yeah, it's fantastic that Edmonds gets pulled up there. And so that's really what the Packers are trying to do. They're trying to take speed and push it vertical, right, to lift off the top of the coverage. Yep. And then they're trying to go ball fake and then some underneath to suck the front part of that coverage up and create those big voids on the back end. It's going to be a huge challenge for San Francisco's zone defense. Excellent, guys. Let's get some top stories as Adam Schefter gets back in here. Adam, let's start on the injury front with Jair Alexander. What do we know about his health? Well, Lord, it sounds like the Packers are going to list him as questionable with an ankle injury. They're not giving up hope that he could somehow find a way to be out there Saturday night against the 49ers after suffering the ankle injury last weekend against Dallas in the wild card round. He made such a huge play. It's so good. They really want to have him out there. We'll see whether or not he can make it back on Saturday night in time to be out there. Meanwhile, the Baltimore Ravens are listing Mark Andrews as questionable. John Harbaugh today said his status is quote-unquote up in the air. We'll see if Andrews can make it back in time 
for Saturday afternoon's game against the Texans. Obviously, he's been out for quite some time here. He was a full participant in practice the last two days, but it does not assure him playing Saturday after recovering from that ankle injury. And Dalvin Cook has been signed to the Ravens' active roster. He will play on Saturday against the Texans. And as we mentioned earlier, Marlon Humphrey, their Pro Bowl cornerback, officially ruled out, will not play on Saturday. Yeah, you hate to hear it from Marlon, but uh, Dalvin's had a couple weeks now to kind of get familiar with this Ravens team. Thanks, Adam. Time now for an ESPN Bet Parlay Plus. And for that, we go to Marcus Spears. Let's dive a little deeper into that Texans-Ravens matchup on ESPN and ABC. C.J. Stroud making his second playoff start. Over under one and a half passing touchdowns for the rookie QB, Swag. I'm going to go over, Boogie. Uh, I, I just can't dismiss how, how well C.J. Stroud has been playing, his connection with Nico Collins. Now, this will be the toughest defense he's faced down the stretch, and I know what people say about Cleveland. I'll take Baltimore's defense, mm. but I got him going over one and a half touchdowns. Lamar Jackson led his team to the top seed in the AFC. Over under 284 and a half total yards. That's passing and rushing for the Ravens QB. I'm going to go under, but I'm only going oh. under probably about 10 yards because of his impact that he has on games. I think the Baltimore Ravens will lean into the run game with Justice Hill and Gus Edwards a little bit, especially when you get into the red area. Now, they always are one play away from Zay being explosive mm. and boosting that number up, but I think Lamar in that run game as well is going to be effective under. Rarely do we talk special teams in these parlays, but Justin Tucker may be the best in the game. Over under two and a half field goals for the Baltimore kicker. I'm going to go under. And look, this is this is very disrespectful to D'Amico Ryan's defense, who's playing well. But I just have that much confidence in the Baltimore Ravens offense. Now, it could happen early, but I'm going to still stay under because they haven't played in a while. I just think this offense is prolific. And when they get to the red zone, it's very difficult to stop them with Lamar's ability. You can catch all the action from this one right here on ESPN as our AFC divisional round matchup comes your way Saturday at 415 Eastern on ABC, ESPN, ESPN Deportes, and ESPN+. Plus. Coverage begins with postseason NFL countdown at 2 Eastern on ESPN and ABC. You do not want to miss all that action. New on NFL Live, some Bears coaching news from Adam Schefter. Adam, what's going on? Well, Lord, this is interesting. The USC offensive analyst, quarterbacks coach Cliff Kingsbury is expected to interview for the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator job. What makes this so intriguing is that Cliff Kingsbury worked at USC directly with Caleb Williams. The two have a good relationship. The Bears have the number one overall pick and obviously strongly will consider taking Caleb Williams. And now, if nothing else, They'll be able to sit down with Kingsbury and pick his brain about Caleb Williams, what it might be like to work with him, which would reflect on what they potentially could do with Justin Fields. Lots of ramifications to this one single interview. Now, it's just an interview. Let's see what happens if he winds up getting the offensive coordinator job in Chicago. That would lead to a lot more speculation. But for now, the Bears certainly are keeping all options open and exploring all avenues about what to do with their offensive coordinator job and the number one overall pick. Yeah, it felt like recently when you heard from the GM, Ryan Poles, just reading between the lines that it seemed like they were moving away from Justin Fields, but that story continues to be one of the most interesting ones ahead of this draft. Still ahead on NFL Live, Mike Tomlin spoke to the media today regarding his future and what lies ahead for the 17-year head coach. Hear what he had to say on his improving mood. Here's a little teaser.
ESPN Bet is the official sports book of ESPN and the only place to find exclusive offers with your favorite ESPN personalities and shows. New users get $100 in bonus bets after making any sportsbook bet. Download today. What a play. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Any news about what about? Yeah, obviously. Huh? Yeah. Come on, man. Man, any head football coach of this team, man. Come on, man. We ain't. We ain't there ain't even no discussion about okay, that. Okay. Yeah, okay. You don't think it's gonna happen? Like, I, I, don't, I don't got nothing to say about that, man. You're a clown, bro. Get out of my face, bro. I think Nick's a great coach. I really do. I think he's a great head coach. You know, nobody was good enough this year, and I wasn't. None of the players, none of the coaches were good enough down the stretch. That's the reality of this business. Welcome back to NFL Live. Eagles players making it clear how they feel about head coach Nick Sirianni as Adam Schefter back in here with us. Adam, so much coaching news to get to, but let's start right there in Philly. Have they made a decision about Sirianni's future? Well, my understanding is that the Eagles head coach Nick Sirianni is going to meet on Friday with the Eagles owner Jeffrey Lurie to go over his ideas and his vision for the organization this upcoming season. And there are people in the Eagles organization, like all those players who want Nick Sirianni to stay. The question is whether Jeffrey Lurie hears what he needs to to sign off on that and make it official that Sirianni will be back or whether he has any reservations. That's an owner decision. Meanwhile, the former New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick continues to have ongoing discussions with the Atlanta Falcons, who he already visited with this past week, spending time with the Falcons owner Arthur Blank, who has swung big for coaches in the past. Arthur Blank's gone after people like Nick Saban, Joe Gibbs, Bill Parcells never landed a big fish. This would be a big fish. He's also talking to Jim Harbaugh, amongst others. Meanwhile, the former Tennessee Titans coach Mike Vrabel is meeting today with the Los Angeles Chargers, his first coaching interview since the Titans let him go. But it won't be the only one. He also is expected at some point in time to talk with the Seattle Seahawks, maybe the Atlanta Falcons as well. There is interest in him at this point in time starting with the Chargers right now. And Mike Tomlin held an end-of-the-season wrap-up press conference in which he candidly answered a whole host of questions, including the fact that the organization now will look outside for an offensive coordinator. It will bring in quarterback competition for Kenny Pickett. And Mike Tomlin, who has one year remaining on his contract, said he was open to doing an extension. I would think that the Steelers want to keep him. We'll see how that all plays out over time. But Tomlin candid about this team's need to improve this offseason and the key steps that it has to take, Laura. Adam, we're glad you're here with us today. It's a busy weekend for you. Two editions of postseason NFL Countdown, getting you ready for
sprawl for divisional round games Saturday at 2 Eastern from M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore and then Sunday at noon. It's all right here on ESPN and the app Marcus and RC also part of all that as well. All right time to see what's on trend around the NFL. I'll give you a stat. Our analysts will tell you if the trend continues this weekend. Let's start with Jared Goff. He's been excellent against the blitz this season ranking in the top four among all quarterbacks in yards per drop back passing touchdowns and completion percentage on Sunday. Goff will face Todd Bowles in the Bucks defense with blitzes at the third highest rate in the NFL. Marcus, do you think Goff continues his success against the Bucks defense? Yes, if he can answer that pressure like he did with the middle of the field throws, the one to Reynolds, obviously you see here using also Jameer Gibbs uh, in this game who didn't play at first, but he has been phenomenal against pressure and Detroit has found ways to still give him enough time and protection using play action and at times just getting guys out wide in order for him to have that that success in the middle of the field. Now you got two of the best in Levante David and Devin White. So when one of them is coming, the other one will know I need to get some depth on these drops. You got to be very careful with those athletic linebackers, but I think the trend continues. Lamar Jackson will make his fifth career playoff start on Saturday when the Ravens host the Texans. Jackson has lost three of his previous four starts in the postseason and has thrown more interceptions and touchdown passes in those games. His QBR of 41 and a half in the playoffs is the second worst by any quarterback since the metric was introduced in 2006 ahead of only Andy Dalton. RC Lamar's very aware of this. Will his struggles in the playoffs continue against the Texans? I don't believe that they will. You've seen Lamar Jackson throughout this season get more and more comfortable in Todd Munkin's offense. They went out in the offseason and acquired more skill to put around him so you can take some of the pressure off of his shoulders. Also, think about a couple of weeks ago when we watched Jonathan Taylor run through this Houston Texans defense. We're going to see heavy run game, and then they get into the play action. This is a team that last year faced the fourth highest percentage of eight-man boxes this year that moved to 14th and I believe that's Lamar's ability to spread the football around but also the skill players that Todd Munkin now uses in 11 personnel that's given Lamar Jackson full reign of this offense. I can tell you he is laser focused on the Super Bowl. Let's go to Patrick Mahomes. He's reached the conference championship in each of his previous five seasons as the Chiefs starting QB. Mahomes has won 12 of his 15 starts in the playoffs with 36 touchdown passes and only seven interceptions. However, Sunday's matchup in Buffalo will be Mahomes' first career playoff start on the road. Crazy to even think about that. But all 15 of his previous starts have been at home or at a neutral site for the Super Bowl, the longest streak in NFL history. Dan, will Mahomes continue his playoff success in unfamiliar territory on the road? Yes, if. One, they got to have the discipline, Andy Reid and Matt Nagy, to run the football in this game. It cannot turn into a pass fest. Two, they got to help those tackles. Buffalo can get after the quarterback with a lot of their similar pressure, simulated pressures. And three, we've talked about these wide receivers. When they play with 12 personnel, two tight ends in the field, or 13, 13 personnel, three tight ends on the field, I think it's like their best personnel grouping and most trusted pass catchers. If they do those three things, they give themselves a great chance to go on the road and get his first playoff road win. Dan, I like your plan. Coming up, Josh Allen, those Bills looking to seek revenge as they host the Chiefs in the divisional round we're just talking about. Marcus tells us what he needs to see from Buffalo's offense if they want any chance at taking down the defending champs. We'll explain. It's all next on NFL Live. We'll be right back.
Okay, I have something really special to tell you about here on NFL Live. If you love the history of the NFL and are in the New York City area, you've got to check out the Beyond the Big Game exhibit at the Paley Museum between now and March 3rd. Don't miss this. It's unprecedented. This display pays tributed, tribute to the Super Bowl with artifacts from the Pro Football Hall of Fame. will feature a showcase of the most memorable Super Bowl commercials from the past 50 years. Then on February 10th, they'll actually screen the only known broadcast of Super Bowl One. Some of the items on display, you're seeing some of them, but they include the Lombardi Trophy, championship rings from all 57 Super Bowl teams, Tom Brady's wristband and cleats from Super Bowl 36, Nick Foles' helmet from Super Bowl 52, and much more. The Paley Museum is located at 25 West 52nd Street in New York City. For more information about the exhibit, visit paleycenter.org. We're taking an NFL Live field trip there, so maybe we'll see you there one of these days. It is awesome. Don't miss the Paley Museum. Big weekend ahead in the NFL, of course, and the Bills playing the Chiefs. They've lost both of Josh Allen's playoff starts against the Chiefs, but Allen's certainly not to blame for those losses, right? In his two playoff starts against the Chiefs, Allen has thrown six touchdowns, just one interception, while accounting for 386 yards per game. The Bills have scored 30 points per game, but the issue has been their defense, of course, which has allowed 40 points per game. You can think of so many of those examples. <laughs> this is kind of a... A vibe. All right, Marcus, what needs to happen for Josh Allen to take those strong numbers and turn them into a win this time around? Yeah, Boogie, this game is going to be a lot about Josh Allen, but it's also a lot about Joe Brady. And I love what he's been doing, not only protecting Josh, but making sure that the game is ran in a certain vein in which his quarterback can continue to have success from one through four quarters. This was a sequence in the third quarter that I found against Pittsburgh, which is so unconventional of the, of the uh, Buffalo Bills to not let Josh Allen just go crazy in these particular situations. Game was still close. They This is three of the runs. It was seven runs out of the eight plays that they ran in this sequence. They ate up four minutes of the clock against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if y'all remember, RC and I were watching the game while we were doing Monday Night Countdown. And this, this was the sequence to me that showed the maturation process of the Buffalo Bills. It showed that you can make Josh Allen comfortable enough to when you ask him to make those dynamic plays, he's comfortable enough to do them without thinking he needs to do extra. Joe Brady has been a godsend for this offense. He's been a godsend for Josh Allen. And now I think Josh Allen is finally reaching his peak because he has a complete offense to play with him. Yeah, it reminds me of that Philadelphia game when they, we, they, we were all texting about, oh, my gosh, they're handing the ball off. When they find their run, you know, when Buffalo finds whatever run out of whatever personnel in that game, they are going to call it until you show that you can stop it. I, I think out of respect for Kansas City's secondary, mainly <clears throat> their, their corners and Nickel McDuffie, this becomes a massive Dalton Kincaid game. And the way that Joe uses him, formation is great. First of all, they get into six offensive linemen. Make sure we can protect. Then they have Kincaid in that slot formation. And they really give him the, the two-way go. There's that little motion by the receiver. We get that scissors action with the play fake. And Kincaid is so good that Josh goes, okay, I know you're going to win. So I'll create the window bigger for you. I'll stare away to Stephon Diggs, who still gathers and garners that attention. And then you got to separate versus man coverage. Don't run in a straight line. There's that stair step that Hawk talked about yesterday. Then they'll put him in that number three spot in empty. Speed down the middle of the field versus linebackers. Two safeties. Again, Steph is away from him. Josh is staring there to get that safety to go that way. Dalton, beat him with speed. 
And then once you pass that backer, you got to give me your eyes. I've moved one safety, bend away from that other safety, and ball down the middle of the field. And I love when they put him by himself. This is the old Travis Kelsey. Again, away from Stephon Diggs. If you're going to play with one safety, ball is going to go to Kincaid. He's up top by himself. That safety drops down. It's one-on-one. -on -one. He, run, he runs routes like a wide receiver. If they played two safeties, he would just dump that ball off to Stephon Diggs in space. So I love the fact that they are, like if we want to keep it real, they're using Kincaid and Steph like the Chiefs used to use Travis mm. Kelsey and Tyreek Tyre yeah. Hill. Interesting. Well, the other piece of it is, too, remember who made the big plays against Kansas City early on in the season? It was James Cook. So as you mentioned, Joe Brady, and some of the changes we've seen since he took over as the offensive coordinator, obviously using Dalton Kincaid as well as he emerged after Dawson Knox's injury, James Cook was able to stretch this field. There's a touchdown in the high red zone where they go triple seam. He also got the rail route down the sideline. And I think he can be big in this game as well because we've seen Steve Spagnola and Legereus Sneed take away your number one option at the wide receiver position but they utilize James Cook extremely well in the pass game and I think that could benefit them in the playoffs as well. Guys I can't help talking about the pass game we saw in the playoffs and the question becomes and RC I'm glad you pointed out James Cook and I'm glad you pointed out Dalton Kincaid Dan because it's about who's going to be the other guy. You remember Gabe Davis was the star of the show in that playoff game a couple of years ago. And because of what Steve Spagnola did to Stefan Diggs and bringing pressure and Josh was able to respond time after time. Spags is going to bring pressure. Who's going to be the other guy? And Shakir right now looks like yeah. he could be the guy in the slot to make to uh, create some damage as well. Yeah. In many ways, like this game's going to come down to what quarterback on third down in the fourth quarter makes one kind of those unbelievable plays with their legs mm. that breaks the back of the other mm -hmm. team and kind of either win or secure the game for their team. We know it's going to happen. Yeah, Dan, it could be an overtime, as we've seen before with these two quarterbacks. It would be really exciting either way. All right, more NFL Live tomorrow, of course, and enjoy this great weekend of games. We'll see you soon.